The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. We welcome our listeners to the Identity Matters podcast, and I certainly welcome you local people. And we have been blessed with a new meeting place, and we'll be talking a little bit about that as we uh, share the word and where the word is being shared here locally. But we do welcome you to the podcast. We have been in the middle of a a mini-series on the Millennials. And I am a converted, transformed life who used to take his name in vain. I'm not accustomed to damning him, which means go to hell. Do you understand what damning means? Go to hell. So if you are in this nasty habit of saying God, damn it. You're telling God to what? Go to hell. It's not going to happen. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of man shall be recorded in the book of life. You curse God and you've got some serious troubles on your plate. If you're an indwelt believer and you still have that nasty habit, you're not going to hell. It's not going to wipe your name out of the book of life for that reason. I'm just telling you, it's not a wise thing to do to tell God to go to hell. Do you understand what Satan has finally accomplished here? That in 320 languages in the world, GD, God, damn it, and Jesus Christ said in a different tone inflection, are commonly known swear words. It's like an atheist saying, I have decided there is no living God. You just confess there is a God. It's you. You are your own religion. That's what it's saying. So someone who just doesn't even know who Jesus Christ is, when they smash their finger and they say, Jesus Christ! What they're saying is, I acknowledge Jesus Christ exists. So why would I condemn him? But I will say this. There is no swear word in any language in the world. I've checked, even though I wouldn't call myself the best researcher in the world. I can't find it. And if you can, I want you to send me a text. There is no swear word associated with the Holy Spirit. 
When you stub your toe, you don't say, Oh, Holy Spirit! The reason why is, is that that is the unpardonable sin, is it not? With a man, anyone tampering with his wife, that is one sin. Another man better not commit. No one is to mess with the Holy Spirit. And if they do, there will be hell to pay. That is the unforgivable sin. Blasphemy. Which is damnation on the Holy Spirit. And if you don't believe in losing your salvation over that, well, that's between you and God. But I'm here to tell you after many years of reading, many years of studying, many years of praying, hearing theologians from all perspectives, I'm here to tell you today, I do not believe in security of salvation anymore. I believe in the security of salvation up to one sin. The word says, if anyone adds or deletes from this book, the Father shall delete you from the book of life. That means you were sealed in the book of life, and now you're not. And I think it is simply because of one simple decision of saying, I'm going to rewrite the Bible in its proper meanings. I feel weird when I touch an NIV Bible. I do. Any translation that has messed with the masculinity of God, the Father, God the Son, and the femininity of the Holy Spirit, I don't even want to touch it. That's how serious I take the roles of the original family. I want to show you something. Preserving the original family is the top priority for God. His flawless model is a clear demonstration of perfection regarding spiritual, relational, and physical relationships. God is pleased to announce that his heaven is secure and free from all forms of rebellion. There is no cultural overflow that is going to back up in the pipeline, the flow of the Spirit. You see, the, the if you want to use that analogy, the faucets are on. The living water is pouring out. And if you think by your silly theology that somehow your theology, your culture, your lies, which are all the enemies, is going to get back up that pipe and back up into heaven, and God's somehow going to change his design for you? Because you were born a homosexual? Why don't you look up in the Greek what homo means? You might rethink using that term. Then you might even have a little bit of an understanding of why God's so strong against the homos. Well, Satan just wants to turn it into a cosmetic jewelry. 
carrying a rainbow sign, a rainbow pendant, a rainbow... Do you see what the enemy has done? Has taken God's promise, the symbol. He gave this world promise to what? Huh? And next time you will destroy yourselves. And what does Satan do? He turns that into the most powerful symbol in the world. Oh, you thought it was the little peace symbols, didn't you? The broken upside down cross of Peter. No. That is not the most powerful symbol in the world. The most powerful symbol in the world is the rainbow. And he is even, as a thief, he stole that and made it his own. Anything that is huge to God, he steals it. He's the identity thief and he steals it and turns it into a popular cultural symbol like the little peace earrings that you're wearing. Yeah, I'm talking to some of you indwelt ones who are wearing your peace t-shirts. Your little bring back the 70s peace movement thing. What you're promoting is the most humble act that has been mentioned in church history of Peter saying, I will not be crucified as my Savior. Crucify me upside down. Then they went a little further and they snapped. Instead of his arms being out this way, he was snapped and hung this way. And it became one of the most symbols worn in the world today, the peace symbol. Anything that is put inside of a circle that you need to understand is typically associated with a demonic symbol. A star, an upside-down cross. The list goes on and on and on. Yin and yang. Whenever they put them in circles, it is commonly used as a demonic symbol. And it works for Satan. My, my, my little spiel on this today is not going to really change anyone. You're going to go back to wearing your peace symbol earrings. You're going to go back to wearing your little peace t-shirts, either just to stick it to what you just learned, or you're going to say it's just no big deal. It's just a t-shirt. Oh yeah, but you would walk around with a t-shirt that says Satan is God. Would you do that, my friend? Would you wear a t-shirt around with, with a goat having sex with a human? It's called bestology, beauty and the beast. Oh, that's no big deal, right? That's what we do. We will literally watch a movie on beauty and the beast when it is an original story of the Sex that took place between humans and goats. Bestology, which was very common in the Old Testament. It's a form of demonic worship. But yet when we really dice it down to be the truth, we make this silly statement, it's only a movie. It's only a game 
It's only a t-shirt. And then Satan goes, I told you it worked. And he's going to do it again. And again. And again. Because once you popularize a demonic image, it has no effect on you. Conviction-wise. Self-will in heaven. Here's what the good Lord says. Of course, it's very unclear to us why the Lord even allowed self-will in heaven. And if you think Satan, at the time Lucifer, was the only one with self-will in heaven, then you don't understand the structure of heaven. So, if your friend forced you to honor you as a friend and manipulated you to love them as a friend, and it was all you in control of the love through them? Are you with me? How much fun is that? There's no fun in it. You see, but just to design, create such a way that the angel or the human that is coming worships you on their own choice. Oh, now that feels good. If some friend loves you because they are choosing to love you, that feels good. But if you know they're loving you because you're twisting their arm to love you and you're they're manipulating, you're manipulating them to love you, then it's not so much fun in the end because you're kind of like, really? It's kind of loving myself. The term master means what? Ruler, leader, owner, boss. Okay. What's Bashan? Or Bashion, Latin. It's a master manipulating. Baiting you. Master bait. Satan uses masturbation. I'm speaking very theologically here. Satan uses master baiting to get his job done. We're living in a culture of masturbation. Sexually and every other area. He's baiting people over and over and over from t-shirts to earrings to shoes to hair to, you know, cutting things off your body, putting things on your body. He's just baiting, 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 baiting for self-mastering. And in reality, he's the one doing the mastering. He is the master of Bashan. I can't make it any more simple than that. God saw it pop up in this archangel and he just tossed him out. Didn't even give him a chance to have sign up for some therapy. He just looked at him and said, to hell with you. He's the only one that has the prerogative to say, to hell with you. And I can imagine that Lucifer is going, well, what's hell? He still doesn't know what hell is. I'm sure he's read about it. 
He doesn't know because he cannot see the future. What he does see is Hades, the gathering of dead, saint, of dead people on the earth. It's like a thick cloud of just dead people, spirits. So if you believe in ghosts, excellent. It's just that ghosts have no power to mess with you like the movies say. There's a separation there. And it's guarded. That gate is guarded by Michael's archangels. I mean, Michael the archangel's angels. So, self-will in heaven, God set it up that way. He's not a masturbation. He doesn't bait you, trick you to try to get you to worship him. It's an individual choice. Then God created the angels with a will to choose whom they would serve. Satan, named Lucifer at the time, chose to be an adversary to the Father of Heaven and paid a stiff penalty because of his act of declaring, I will make myself to be like the Most High. Isaiah 14, 14. No one is to take on the role of the Father except for the one who is the Father. No one is to take on the names of the Father except for the Father. And if someone does take your name and you get notified by the authorities that someone has taken your social security number, someone has taken your name, someone has taken your bank account, someone has taken and the list starts growing as they're talking to you, you get this overwhelmingly panicking feeling of, oh my God, my identity has been stolen. That's what Christ Jesus knows. That's what this millennial Jesus, this Antichrist, is doing. Stealing the identity of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. For those of you who are ignorant about the triune of Satan, I'll just remind you, maybe inform you before the first time, Satan has a triune just like God does. There's Satan as the father of lies. There's the false prophet. And there's the beast. Now look at the newly populated movie that's coming out this week. And why they're reviving it. Beauty and the beast. Go wear the t-shirt. Buy the video. Order the DVD. And be naive is as many Americans are today, and reality is that an average demon is smarter than you. And that is sad to say when it comes to some self-proclaimed Christians that demons are actually quicker and smarter and react to situations far more truthful than the actual human. Yeah, go wear your t-shirt, wear your earrings. And we'll see how that turns out for you because I understand by common sense spiritually in the mind of Christ in me, when I look at a movie like Beauty and the Beast, I know exactly what's going on. Didn't you guys ever think it was strange of some pretty young lady whining and dining and dancing around with a a half-ram-looking, bear-looking, wolf-looking beast? who was very gentleman, 
Perfect in knowledge, perfect in wisdom, perfect. Are you with me? No, it's just a movie. Let's move on. God's order of conducting business is the only way, of course, and Satan understands that God is the supreme father and Christ is the son. The son only says and does what the father tells him. John 8, 28. Kind of seems like a puppet to me. Maybe not. The word of God is God and Christ spoke only his father's words. Sounds like a puppet again. Okay, maybe not. Even Christ did not speak on his own initiative, but spoke as his Father taught him. The Holy Spirit's role was to bring to bring the words of Jesus to remembrance to the disciples and into all Christians. John fourteen twenty six. Angels are designed by God to carry out the business that God the Father orders. Gabriel leads in the delivery of God's messages. And Michael leads in spiritual warfare. Lucifer was in charge of the harp or worship. So today, he knows all he has to do is do his well-organized, fine-tuned design of the harp. Stick any words in there he wants. Because the people will end up believing it. Is anyone here that reacts to songs that says more of Jesus? I mean, you're calling him a liar, which says you're calling him the son of the father of lies. You don't get more of Jesus when you ask for him. He promised all of himself. He gave you all of himself. He's not going to give you an ounce more. Singing about more of Jesus is one of the most beautiful tuned songs that are out there. But it's false doctrines. That's how it works. It's not just ACDC singing about some satanic image. There are more dangerous songs and groups than ACDC. Like those who are writing these millennial songs about more of Jesus. Something to think about. Quickly, when we ask to identify words that associate with the Bible, we kind of talked about this last week. I just want to remind you guys that this is very, very important because this is the core text that Satan needs to manipulate so that when they do decide to come to church because they're going to chance being rejected at the church, That the Bible that they're using, let's just pick on the most popular Bible in the world, 74% of every self-proclaimed Christian is reading from NIV. Almost the same percentage of pastors are preaching from it. I'm very alarmed by that. So the Bible becomes a key doctrinal book on which one they're going to pick when they walk through that door, it becomes critical. When they do decide to step in to a church. So Satan is the commander of the, of the Palestinians. That's exactly what the scriptures tell us. Satan 
worship throne was in Tyree. And from this throne, he basically had control over the Palestinians. That is what you're going to hear about on the news tonight. The constant warring that's going on between the Palestinians and the true people of Israel. This was not just a battle going on when the Mason movement started, when Solomon hired the Masons from Tyree to come and build the temple. And why that is the hidden secret, the biggest hidden secret of the Masons is to rebuild the temple for Christ's return. We're going to have to be Christian for that goal. That was the original mission of Solomon hiring these culturally occultish workers to come and build the temple for God. Read it for yourselves. It's in the word. Masons from the land of Tyre, the enemies of Israel. Solomon, there is really something wrong with your thinking. And I'm not afraid to say that because I think God too would say it. Whether he made it in on, t- on, on the grace of who he was through David, I don't know. We're going to have to find out when we get there. But I'm just telling you, that temple was built upon these lies. So run it all the way to today. Those are our issues that we're hearing about. Most don't want to hear about it. That the Masons have an objective of building the temple for the second coming. They don't, they, they don't want to get their arms around that. But anyone who's listening to me has any good knowledge of, of Masons understands that is, has been, and always will be the objective of the Masons. Builders. For the grand architect. But if you are a Mason listening, I'm going to let you know that is not the same grand architect that indwell believers serve. It's a thief who's stealing the role of the Father. Finally, our identity matter statement is Satan's heart was lifted up and he said, I am a God. I sit in the seat of gods in the heart of the seas. Ezekiel 28, 2. He tried to make his heart like the heart of, of the Father. Satan simply used his wisdom and his understanding to acquire power and riches. The scriptures reveal to us that Satan is a god of wealth and materialism. Because of this great wisdom, he became lifted up, but only to be ultimately destroyed. So in closing, it's real simple. Wisdom and knowledge mixed together without spirit and power became the tree of knowledge. In and of itself, wisdom and knowledge There is a common phrase in the millennial generation. Is anyone here can finish that statement? Through wisdom 
and knowledge is power. So that's just another cute little clever way for me to show you how Satan's thievery works. Power was removed from the formula and Satan can't have it. So he's only got wisdom and knowledge and you mix that up and he thinks he gets power from it because he's got some success going. You're the one that gives it power, not him. It's as dead as the chair you're sitting in. You're the one that gives wisdom and knowledge, the tree of knowledge, power by submitting to it and saying, you are my idol, you are my God, you are my Father. Because Satan can't do it. You guys give him far more credit than he can give himself. Father, we thank you for the power of your truth, the power of your life, the power of your being. And I even thank you that the tree of knowledge is nothing more than wisdom and knowledge. And then you kind of fenced it all in so it can become nothing other than that. But I also acknowledge there's a good side of wisdom and a good side of knowledge. There's a bad side of wisdom. There's a bad side of knowledge. Thus we have the tree of good and evil. All on the same tree. People thinking because they're good, they're not hurting people. They're not swearing at you. They're not condemning you. They go to church. They, they do their... Christian responsibilities that somehow they're of the right tree, but in reality, they're not. So I pray for those who are on the fence, who need to make the decision of, I need to become an indwelt believer, to have Christ come live inside me and have my life completely transformed. I pray it only be done in the moment, the sweet moment the Holy Spirit is to carry out because of your perfect ordained timing. We love you and thank you for this privilege of singing, preaching, and sharing in your name. And of course, it's only in the whole, complete, overall name that we do pray. That's our husband, Jesus Christ. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.